Well now, James, they've changed the regulations concerning the air boxes and the wings, and yet you're still extremely fast. How do you do it? Big balls. And welcome back to the hot lap. We are talking cockpits. We're talking the Belgian Grand Prix, which we missed the predictions. We're talking the Italian Grand Prix. But first of all, Alex, hi. Good afternoon. It is afternoon, nearly. Fourteen minutes away from afternoon. Yeah, I suppose we really should start off by apologising for a bit of a communication error regards uh, completely missing out the uh, Belgian Grand Prix in a podcasting. A huge apology there, yeah. We are sorry. Well, you are. I am. I'm I'm always ready. Yeah, I'm I'm not really, which is quite often why on the first part of qualifying in any F1 Project Cars game, you are nearly always faster. But there you go. That's true. That's true. Um, Yeah, they would. Well, yeah, that was we missed that one out. But um, we're back. um, Hopefully better than ever. Yeah, we are better than that. Unfortunately, we are back with a minus one driver in the, uh, well, F1 slash IndyCar driver for turn 10, the, the, the passing of uh, Justin Wilson, who didn't well, didn't set the world alight in Formula 1, but was uh, he uh, raced in the, in, the, in the Minardi team, born 1978, died obviously the 25th of August, um, at a, I think it was a, a, an accident in uh, Poco, Pocono or Pocono, whatever, I don't know how you pronounce that track. In uh, NASCAR. NASCAR? IndyCar. IndyCar. Oh, yeah, IndyCar, sorry. Yeah, on the 23rd of August, suffered a traumatic brain injury in an accident at that raceway, which caused his death the following day. Yes. I haven't seen it. I don't plan to want to watch it. No. Um, I don't need to see it. Um, It's very... Well, it's not similar, I suppose, to Bianchi's, but it's unfortunately you go a number of years without any problems, don't you? And then all of a sudden you get a, Bianchi, unfortunately, dies, and then Justin Wilson dies, and all of a sudden everyone starts to talk about how you can make the sport safer. Yeah, I mean, a car crashed. Uh, the race leader, Sage Karam, I'm, I'm pronouncing that wrong, unfortunately, I don't follow IndyCar, but um, later in the race, sending debris airborne, the nose cone uh, uh, crash hit Justin Wilson's helmet as he drove mm. through the accident scene. And Wilson immediately veered to the left to the inside of the wall. He was taken and he was airlifted to the uh, Lay Valley Hospital in um, Allentown. He was subsequently reported to be in a coma and died the following day. Um, unfortunately, um, very, really, really sad. It almost reminded me similar that that does reading it, even though neither I've seen it, of what happened to Massa in Hungary a few years back. I think in two thousand nine. Yeah, uh, just it was a lot smaller object, wasn't it? Did that go through his visor? I don't know. I don't know if it went through. I don't. I don't think. I think. I don't, I don't think. I don't think it would have done because it would have been even, ob- even more obvious, and I think we would have heard news reports of it going through his visors, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, because I think it smacked it so hard. So, very unfortunate that, obviously, and Jules, Jules Bianchi, uh, Henry Surtees, not, you know, a few years back as well. I mean, all similar incidents where that um, the open cockpit is, quite rightly, uh, in some ways, to blame. And that obviously... And, and obviously, before we get onto onto that debate, Justin, he did drive uh, for Minardi in 2003. He kind of floated himself on the stock market where you could invest in him and you'd get back 
part of his um, part of his uh, the money he was earning, if I remember. Oh right, like yeah. a crowdfunding sort of exercise. Oh yeah, yes, yes, yeah. So he had the idea way before Slightly Mad Studios and Project Cars did. But yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Caterham. Or Caterham. Oh yes, yeah, from Brazil. Mm. And then, it was Abu Dhabi, wasn't it? Uh, oh no. I think it was Brazil. I think it was the last oh. race they came back, and uh, that was it. Yeah. And ironically, it was at Man and Mauritius, the least likely at the time of the two teams that ended up coming back, didn't they? Um, mm. He was, uh, yeah, he was the winner of the, the Formula 3000 Championship in 2001, and the winner of the 24 Hours of, of Daytona. Daytona. To date, apparently, he's the tallest person to have raced in Formula 1. What, even? It, well, I thought Mark, I would have put Mark, Mark Webber, no, Alex Verts. They were quite tall, weren't they? They were, weren't they? Um, I know. I know Alex, didn't Alex Wurtz have trouble getting into the Benetton cockpit many years ago? He did in 97 when he replaced Gerhard Berger. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a career point. He's got one career point. What, for Minardi? That's still quite good, though. Yeah, that's basically a podium, isn't it, really? Or the uh, the equivalent. Um, So, his teammate was Jos Verstappen at the time when he was a man, Minardi. Jos, Jos the boss. Yeah, and then he switched to Jaguar Racing to replace Antonio Pizzonia for the last five races of the season and scored his first championship point uh, yeah, uh, at the United States Grand Prix. Uh, However, uh, uh. he did not retain his position because Ford was not prepared to pour unlimited amounts of funds into Formula 1 and advised the team that they would have to take on a paying driver. Christian Klein, who was funded, uh, obviously took his place in 2004. I probably would have kept Justin in hindsight, but there you go. Um, oh. I know, Champ Car was 2004 to 2007, and then we had IndyCar. Yeah, 2008-2015. He has won a couple of IndyCar slash Champ Car races. What's the difference between IndyCar and Champ Car? Okay, if you remember, um, IndyCar separated into two divisions, Champ Car and the Indy Racing League. The two right. very, very different ones. Champ Car ended up being the more popular one at the beginning, and the IRL kind of towards 2000, towards um, the end of the 2007-ish was ended up getting a bit more steam. And then they both came together... I think in two thousand and eight, or they're, mm. they're about to become uh, to become the you know the, the one league again, which they always should have done. And ironically, that really hurt Indy. That really hurt IndyCar because I think there's an argument, you know, from a popularity point of view. Even if it was in America, that was the number two, according to some people, open wheel motorsport. Um, but there you go. So, I, I mean, that's when that's where Nigel Mansell didn't it uh, went and won. Yeah, I know, I, yeah. I know we're slightly digressing away, but. Um, it, it, I suppose it goes to show that when you get uh, hear this whole this whole sort of breakaway series from Bernie's F1 and the Ferrari plan to go there and things like that, yep, it, it's just not going to work, is it? No, no, because the problem is it's not going to work. There's too many selfish people. I feel all the teams have their own interests, yeah, and and yep. they're, they're, and. Understandably, but somewhat selfishly, they're their own interests for their own concerns. If they'd actually sat back and had the interest for the actual sport, I think Bernie would be in trouble. But unfortunately, where when money's involved and egos involved, that's never really going to happen, is it? In this state, no. Some are in it for the 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 racing. Others are in it for the commercial side of things. Um, and Lotus are in it for Pastor Maldonado's money. Lotus are in there for the money that uh, hasn't appeared in the bank account this week. Yes, absolutely. Um, not, not, not particularly great. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, no, yeah. So we digress slightly because we don't want to go talking about Maldonado yet again. Um, it, yeah, it is sad, and it, and uh, I know controversially, and I do apologise to our uh, American listeners, but um, I I do find that IndyCar or Champ Car, whatever it's called nowadays, um, it it potentially is always far more riskier over in the states, just purely because of the speeds. The fact that you're picking oval circuits where they race so closely together. Yes. You know, all those kind of things. Yeah. And I think on the oval speeds, the minute you do that and you get 20 plus cards, there's, there is a much higher chance of something, you know, a big crash happening, isn't there? Really exactly. Cool. I mean, you look at NASCAR and, you know, it happens all the time where they'll take 20, 20, 20 odd cars out, but at least you're sort of kept in that cocoon of your of the shell aren't you but in indycar you know you're tap you're you're drafting each other um which in f1 you just don't do anymore because we don't have those circuits anymore and then when someone gets it wrong there's a high chance you're gonna flip which we have seen quite a bit of recently flip or you know just cause a large pile up when things kind of go wrong you you do you don't generally see that in f1 so much anymore because just because of the fact that this feels more spread out and we don't have those fast circuits. No, we don't have those. No, we don't have those fast circuits, which, which, which is a good thing. Um, I guess in some ways, uh, we have lovely circuits like, uh, the boring Abu Dhabi and, yeah. uh, <laughs> et cetera. But you mentioned obviously shell closed cockpits, Alex, what's your opinion? At the moment in time, uh, no, but like everything in the world, it becomes more advanced, doesn't it? And we, you know, look how cars are evolving and all those kind of things. And I think there'll come a point where probably later down the line, you'll probably see closed cockpits. But certainly at the moment, I think they're grotesque. They are grotesque. And I don't think, I cannot see a way where it's safe if someone needed to get out. I mean, the amount of times you, the amount of times we still sometimes see an engine fire, for example. Yeah. Yeah, and say you've got an engine fire, and in the chance that the car flips upside down, which is unlikely, but then again, how unlikely would George to be Yankee's accident? I mean, that was almost, you know what I mean, like a one in a million. That thing yeah, was exactly. there, he managed to, you know, you know the, the, with the right angle. Um, and, and, you know, you won't be able to get out. I, there's no mechanism. You can't have an ejector seat, you know, and I think... It's upside down. I can't see any any way that they can actually get out of that cockpit. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it, or even if it gets stuck um, underneath, for example, the tyres or any or the Arnco barrier or any kind of barrier. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and that's the issue. And yeah, it is ugly. And the question is, does it hurt the identity of Formula One as well? On, on a slightly selfish viewer note, they won't, they won't look like the Formula One cars we know. Will that hurt? Once again, will that hurt the actual sport itself? I don't know. But will the casual viewer look at that and think, well, that's what Formula 1 is now, I'll switch off. Because nowadays, there's a lot more distractions with, with your internet yeah. and, th- and things like that. I mean, I mean, a lot, a lot of people have given, almost given up on Formula 1, and they're watching DTM and touring cars, which they feel is a lot more exciting. So. Yeah. I think if you close the cockpit, you probably lose the a specta- a spectacle kind of thing where you see movement of steering wheels, those kind of things, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, and um, we've, already lost, we've already lost it to a tiny degree because, quite rightly, because after the Senna incident, 
and other things, the actual cockpits are so much higher. When I mean, you go back to like 92, 93, you can yeah. see the shoulders and the arms all working, couldn't you? Exactly. Um, but we've learned to live with it. Yes, we have. Um, eventually, I, I agree with you, Alex. I think eventually it, it will happen in some guys, maybe, or, or, or another. I can't see it not happening. Um, mm. Yeah. But uh, you're going to have to do it across all formulas, don't you think? Yes. You can't, you can't have a, well, we'll do it in Formula One because of safety, and then there'll be someone in Formula Four going, well, hold on a minute, don't we count? Well, funny you, say, funny you bring that up because. Um, the hands device is now, I think, next year, it's going to be across uh, most of the formulas in uh, in British you know, racing, which it hasn't been beforehand because it's quite expensive, but it's become mandatory. Mm. And, and yeah, and you're right, I imagine this is something that, that once it gets rolled out and tested, Formula One may well be the guinea pigs for it. Mm. Um, and ironically, uh, I'm, I would almost be inclined to have GP2 or 3 be the guinea pigs. Before it gets to Formula One, but um, yeah, because you can do a bit of testing there, and because it's not as mainstream, I don't. It might not affect as much, you know. Mm. But, Formula Renault. Oh, Formula Renault. Yes, all Formula no, Renault. The world, the world Renault series. That's what I was thinking. Oh yes, all that. Or Formula E, considering they're experimental with everything. Yes, it, it could. It could be a solar-powered cockpit thing, couldn't it? That'd give the engine. It could, I don't know. Yes, <laughs> give, Exciting. Me, give the engine Exciting. a bit. Yes, go, go Team Trilly, go Team Trilly. Yeah. So, but there you go, that, that's obviously the cockpit debate, but let's now get into the Belgian Grand Prix. The Belgian Grand Prix, which was won by, surprise, surprise, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Great. Next. Uh, there you go. You know what? It was... It wasn't that boring. It wasn't a great race, but I think if you t- if you take if you well we're not, but if you took Silverstone and Hungary out of the equation, it was probably one of the more entertaining races of the season, minus those two races. I mean, we've been quite spoiled uh, for, for action. Um, Nico Rosberg finished second after a very bad start, and this was the first race, Alex, where they had they had to rely on this uh, this whole new radio, this whole new start, you know, this whole new start rules. Excuse me. Uh-huh. Yeah, where they're not allowed to discuss anything on the way to the grid. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me, again, sorry. Uh, keep burping. That's the one, yeah. Um, and uh, Sebastian Vettel, who ended up finishing, not third, but uh, 12th in the end, I like down, uh, would have been third had it not been for the Pirelli tyre. So, Lewis Hamilton, he did a good job. He came under pressure a bit from Rosberg once Rosberg... Um, I got past a few people, but Rosberg, I felt he he really took his time, considering how fast that Mercedes is, to get past people, which was quite, which which I thought was a bit silly, a bit bizarre. But mm. there you go. And That's then, not the first time. No, no, and, and unfortunately, it might not be the last. But, but yeah. yeah, but Sebastian Vettel should have finished third. They did do that pit stop. They did do the one stop, which was risky. Pirelli, there was seemed to be many mixed messages coming out. Pirelli said you should do a two stop race anyway, but then they, but then I also hear reports that they said to Ferrari that those that the tyres he was on could potentially last thirty forty laps. So I don't know. Uh, talk to me, Alex. I mean, what's your opinion of it all? Uh, it's a weekend I want to forget. That's the first thing. Um, second thing is, given the issues we had with Rosberg. Mm-hmm. in free practice, of which Pirelli turned around and simply said, well, he's driven over something. Yeah. 
they're now saying basically there was a lot of debris on the track uh, in Spa, and that's what's caused Vettel's tyre blowout. So I suppose the question really is, is, well, was there lots of incidents which resulted in debris, or are we talking things like gravel and grass cuttings that's caused it? In which case, what's, what's the difference between Belgium compared with the other circuits where there is also gravel and grass cuttings, etc., etc., and no tyres went there? Yeah, I think I think I think that makes that makes that makes a good point. It was it wasn't quite the disaster that Silverstone two thousand thirteen was. You remember when they were all blowing? No, up? no. But that you definitely have to look into it, and it definitely does raise question marks, especially when the safety, you know, debris, tire debris, and, and driver safety is is obviously an issue. Now, I doubt the tires are going to do that in Monza because of the way the circuit is. But, for example, when we potentially go to, like, Suzuka, which is not too dissimilar to Belgium, and, you know, one of those high-speed tracks would be interesting. Yeah. Um... But then again, I think, I, I do feel that if Ferrari were initially told by Pirelli it would last, you know, 30, 40 laps, it blew up well within, well within that time, assuming that was the case. And from a Ferrari point of view, yes, it was risky, but if they wanted to get on the podium, when you, when you look at the way the race was unfolding, that's really the only way they were going to get a good result. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it was that or nothing, really, wasn't it? Yeah. They were, not, they were not going to get where they needed to be without, pu- without pushing it. But given the uh, data they would have had from practice, they would have known how far they could push that tyre. Yeah, and I don't... Th- yeah, yeah, you're right. And um, the thing that a lot of people um, are scratching their head about and are concerned is Sebastian Vettel still had, in comparison with Roman Grosjean, who did finish third, well done to him, by the way, but uh, he, it, Roman Grosjean... His tyres wore out enough that he really wasn't catching Vettel hand over fist, so it wasn't going to be an easy overtake. Like, like you know, like you sometimes find when someone's on newer tyres, you go around the outside of any corner you want, take your pick. You yeah. Know? And yeah, so yeah. Sebastian Vettel did still have some speed in that in in that car and in that tyre, and instead of dropping off like it sometimes does, it almost like you end up being you know almost in a nice ring where you've seen like one car when it drops off lose three four positions, haven't we, in one lap? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it didn't drop off. It just suddenly went bang. And I think yeah. that's the concern. There was no. There was no sign of it. Had he been dropping off three, four seconds a lap and not come in the pits, I think you and I would be saying, "Well, it kind of serves him right." But it didn't happen, and obviously, it blew up without really any warning. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I still think it was a tire failure, not based on the fact that they pushed it to the end. Yeah, uh, I yeah, I think I think I think so too. Um, I, well, I, I would say that. Well, no, yeah, yeah, maybe. I did feel quite. I did, and I think I think I told you after the race. I did feel quite bad for Sebastian Vettel. As I said, he's not my, he's not my favourite driver in the world. He was very very mm. annoyed. I think he said the exact words were, "I do feel bad for Vettel. He is becoming my favourite driver." Uh, uh, well, uh, that's half true, isn't it? Uh, there was no mention of favourite in there. Um, oh. But yeah, but there you go. But well done to Raymond Grosjean in the end, finishing third. He would have finished fourth, uh, or we don't know where he would have finished. Um, it would have been, it could have been a very good ending to the race between him and Vettel. But I, I felt in a in, in a Lotus in, in a team that uh, reportedly has bailiffs waiting at each session after the you know after after the end of the session. Third, really, you can't knock it, can you? The thing is, right? You turn around. That's what they need. Yep. But. 
I don't. Third place isn't going to get them what they need when supposedly the amount of debt that they that they've got is is very serious. It is, it is, it is, and and I mean we could quickly talk about it now rather than the news section. There's big rumours that if you believe the reports, it's only a matter of time before Renault confirm they're buying the team. I believe. Well, from from what I've read. Um, and you can check it out on our Twitter page. Uh, Bernie Eccleston had to bail out uh, this month's uh, wages for the uh, workers. Wow. That's the first thing. Um, the other thing being is that um, Maldonado's payment from his backing has been held up whilst the um, buyout takes place. That's a bit... Uh, oh, OK, that's interesting. And that's... The reason also why um, the trucks were supposedly late to leave low to, um, the factory and why we've got the issues that are arising because it's apparently it's a lot of money um, that they're waiting on, hence why they couldn't pay their um, the staff because they're just simply waiting for the, the, uh, the line to be signed and Renault to be confirmed and the... Sponsors are not willing to hand over any money at the moment, apparently. Oh, that, that puts them in a very difficult position, doesn't it? And uh, I mean, I know obviously we needed we needed lost Manor. Well, Marisha, we didn't. Thank God, Manor are there. But even more so, I think with the former Tolman Benetton Renault Championship, multiple championship winning, multiple race winning, constructor championship winning team, it would absolutely be an absolute shock to F one if these people if they were to go, wouldn't it? Yeah. And I yeah. think more so but, than Honda in 2009 or Toyota, because these people have been what, a staple of Formula One for decades now, this actual yeah. team, in different guises. Yeah. But, but this is not something coming... This has not come about. If no. you remember, we're still talking a good couple of seasons ago when, remember, Kimi refused to turn up for a race. Yes, absolutely. And he wasn't absolutely. getting paid. This is a team that I've been struggling for years... And somehow are just getting by. And you look at the advertising they've got. Their car's full of advertising. It is, isn't it? It, it, um, it looks a lot healthier than McLaren, for example. Exactly. And you just can't, can't work out. Apparently they're also rummaging around for parts because they can't, don't have the money to make new parts. Um, so when you consider you finish third, that's pretty good going if you really don't have any money to really develop the car. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, aren't they? With, with nowhere to go. Yeah, um, but uh, whilst I mean, it's difficult to have sympathy for someone who just keeps getting further and further into debt. It, it, it is, but maybe because uh, yeah, maybe they don't have a choice. Uh, I can't really think of too many scenarios from the top of my head playing devil's advocate, but because they want to do well. But yeah, you're right, possibly. But ultimately, I think and. They are to blame. The biggest person to blame is the way the sport is run and the way the money is distributed. You know, the, the the sport makes so much money that I that if you distribute the money a bit fairly, I mean, when you look at how much circuits have to pay and everything, and how much TV rights are, um, and the sponsors around the track, if you distribute it to the teams and put the money back into the sport and the teams, I don't think we'll be seeing as much of these problems as we have done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how a team like Sauber can get by with barely any sponsorship, mm. and 
just seem to do reasonably or okay and not have so many issues whilst Lotus has plenty of sponsorship um, has plenty of money coming in from Maldonado's uh, cronies and but still really 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 struggle yeah it's it's a bizarre one that isn't it about they didn't have to pay, I mean I don't know again about engine money I don't know how much they have to pay Mercedes for those engines and whether or not they should have had to cut their losses and go well we'll just have to find the cheapest engine yes Honda um, I know uh, yeah you're right you may, you're right maybe absolutely so but there you go um, and, and talking about cheap engines I don't know if Renault the cheap, talk about Renault Red Bull finishing fourth yeah, yeah. not bad he did quite a solid race for him really yeah, uh, Sergio Perez, Force India, solid again in fifth. Felipe Massa, sixth. Williams. I mean, let's talk about Williams. They finished sixth and ninth. Uh, Valtteri Bottas finishing ninth on a track where I'm not, I'm not saying it's similar to Silverstone, but it's that kind of like high speed, fast corners, long straights yeah. where they really, arguably, should have been fighting with Ferrari for best of the rest, and they were almost a joke. I mean, people were getting past them, uh, arguably. Some of the some of the teams probably didn't need DRS to get past them. They were so slow on the straights. What a what a massive error to have more downforce on that car and it was just slow around the whole track. I, c- I can't I can't disagree with you. It's a circuit, like you say, like Silverstone. That car should have been on it. Yeah, it should. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and, and 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 it wasn't. And I don't know why someone made a mistake there because th- this this team can't go for fighting for podiums. I can understand Hungary, but fighting for podiums at a, a similar track and basically being passed by Renault powered cars on a straight very com- very 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 easily. At, yeah, you know, a similar track is ridiculous. But there you go. Didn't yeah. didn't they qualify high though? I think when, they did qualify when, high. Uh, Grid, okay. Felipe Massa was sixth. I'm thinking Bottas that, was third on the grid. Yeah, because I remember in practice thinking, "Wow, where the hell's that? Where's the hell?" Um, of they were doing, you know, average, and then qualifying. Couldn't believe Bottas got third, and it was like, "Ah, oh, here we go." And then, yeah, like come race day, it was like, well, "What was that all about?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the, the only thing I think they looked at it and. Being nice to them, maybe they thought the, the speed, the lap time speed in the car was there with the more downforce because of that middle sector. Yeah, but the foresight was in the race is very different. It's going to make us uh, very easy to overtake in the race, and maybe they didn't think of that. They were just looking at actual lap time. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps I don't know, but yeah. Um, uh, Kimi Räikkönen though finishing seventh, um, considering he started sixteenth on the grid, not really too bad. I mean. Arguably, if we actually had a proper safety car period and everything, he may well have been. I mean, uh, you know, he finished. Um, he only finished about uh, eighteen seconds off the podium, off Roman yeah. Grosjean's podium. So he may well have been, with, with a bit of luck on a safety car, a podium contender. People said oh, they expected a bit more, really, um, being in that Ferrari, uh, only finishing seventh. But I thought, yeah, maybe. But I don't think you could have expected any less from him. That was there. That was there or thereabouts where he was probably going to finish, given any luck. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're probably right. I don't. Yeah, I think we'd probably be pushing it for it anymore. Considering where you start, um, you know, he did okay. He did, Nothing special. He no, did all right. No, yeah. Um, 
Max Verstappen, eighth. Not he did. I, I know you and I've been on the uh, he's over high bandwagon. He didn't do too bad though. Starting eighteenth, finishing eighth. Did a couple of good overtakes, especially did around the outside of someone. I forgot who it was at Blanchemont. That was fantastic. Not bad. I still reserve my judgment. Oh, I do too. I think we need to wait till the end of the year. I yeah. still think he's overhyped to the point where he. <sighs> Um, he looks very, very good, very much like Daniel Kvyat did in that Toro Rosso. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. He's looking, looking amazing. Okay, and then suddenly you put him in a top-running team. I mean, you stick him in Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, and I think it, there's a danger of him suddenly with the added pressure and uh, you know a different teammate, different environment of looking quite average. And Daniel Kvyat hasn't looked as special as people made out he was last year. I mean, you know, I know Ricardo. Him and Ricardo are quite close, but he hasn't done amazing things. And he thought, given the media hype, unfortunately, he, he was, you know, the, the next coming, uh, the, the next world champion. Yeah. But no. And I think the same for Max Verstappen, potentially. I, th- I think, really, he needs to be in Toro Rosso, in this kind of team, like two or three years, um, to, to get the groundwork and then maybe move up. Mm. Well, rumour has it, isn't it, that he's pretty much all ready to go for 20... Uh, 17 at Ferrari. Well, there you go. I mean, I can understand that. Uh, but, yeah, but that, that's the thing with Max Verstappen. If Ferrari decide to sign him, I don't know. It's a bit, like, uh, risky, because uh, I would probably still choose Bottas, even though he's now um, re-signed for Williams. I think for at least one year, if not two. Mm. Well, uh, what... Ferrari have never gone, apart from... Felipe Massa, they've never gone for... They've always generally gone for experience. They, yeah, they have. I mean, yeah, Felipe Massa, yeah, he probably was one of the, the, the rookiest rookie-type drivers. He wasn't a rookie. When he, for mm. he, was their, he was their test driver, and he had, what is it, one season at Sauber, their test yeah. driver, and he had another season at Sauber, didn't he, before going... Yeah. Yeah, so he had th- he had two years of racing, but three years as a Grand Prix mm. staff development driver under his belt before he went. But they but they've never gone young, young, no. um, and that's also you know. But I don't know. Maybe it's a new philosophy that they're. Yeah, yeah, right. Or yeah. maybe it's just the rumor mill spinning, just trying to drum up something. Yeah, I, I guess only time, only this time next year we will probably know. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but I'm sure Red Bull will try and keep hold of him. Uh, but then they're going to have to have a good car, aren't they? If uh, For Max to think, yes. Um, but the other yeah, the other option is, though, he, he, goes to, um, he goes to Ferrari and with all this hype and stuff and kind of almost does like a Kevin Magnussen and Sergio Perez, what they did at McLaren, you know? Kind of like, yeah. does okay, does nothing special. Yeah, okay, you get in a few points. We could probably get someone a bit better, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's that's also in danger of happening. Yeah, well, it's pretty much days I've from my last conversation, isn't it? Mm. I can't believe you can pick a driver based on ten races in the season and then go, yeah, he's he's uh, he's we're signing him up for two years time. Absolutely, and and all this hype and stuff, and the fact that he did go around the outside of Blanchard, which was fantastic, but. That hype is always seems to me to be it, it can be for some rookies in danger of them. I don't want to say arrogant, but them them thinking they can pull off moves which are almost impossible because because you know all this hype and stuff. And that's sometimes when they make all these mistakes. And quite often that happened, for example, in Hamilton's second season, didn't it? And yeah. all this hype, 
and it was his second season. That to this day, I think that in 2011, but was one of his sloppier seasons where he was making these uncharacteristic mistakes when he compared to the 2007. Uh, and, yeah. and I think all that hype and stuff, and everyone saying he could pull off these amazing pass moves, which he does, to, which he did to be fair, maybe went through his head that maybe affected his driving, etc. I don't know, but I do think Max Verstappen, you know, is in danger. For example, something like that happening. So mm. next year, he could be like, like very similar to what Grosjean was in his first few years, yeah. like making all these mistakes. Hopefully not. But there you go. Mm. Time will tell. Mm. Um, Bottas ninth. Marco, Marco, Marcus Ericsson in tenth. Felipe Nasser eleventh. Sauber kind of like where you pretty much figure them. But have you noticed now that I think that's Ericsson again finishing ahead of Nasser? Yes. Yes. With, uh, uh, did both of us felt Nasser was going to be the faster? Out of the yeah. Team, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. Uh, it'd be interesting coming into the year. I mean, Nasser needs to step it up, doesn't he? He does. Sebastian Vettel 12th we talked about him now mm. 13th and 14th Fernando Alonso and Jensen Button um, uh, only beating the Tumbleweeds Tumbleweeds I know I know wow uh, shall we start off by saying first off qualifying how oh no, no let, let's start off by before the race weekend they've used some engine tokens in total wasn't it 105 grid place penalties yeah I think, which but that was planned because they'd up, they'd updated the engines using their engine tokens, so they were kind of on the whole. Well, you know, um, we're going to change the engines to far better ones anyway, so it's not going to be too much of an issue. True, but I can't help but feel that this year, um, when you look when you look at their race results, uh, not not their race results. Um, when you look at their grid penalties, they've already got one for Italy, a five place for Button, a ten place for Alonso, I think, or vice versa. So, it's pathetic, isn't it? And I think it doesn't show Formula 1 in a good light when the team has 105 places. Yeah, I thought they just generally got rid of that. Yeah. Or was it, they did get rid of it, but technically... What they did get rid of is having the penalty during the race, or in the race. There is no penalty. Mm. Yeah, that's what they get rid of. They didn't get rid of the actual the actual amount of, amount of grids. I mean, you know, 105 places technically that they'd have to start in the middle of sector two. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's ridiculous. But there you go. I don't know what more we can say about McLaren though. The the other option you see is that you start them at the back of the grid, yeah. But then you don't start them directly behind, let's say, uh, Man and Marussia. You start them, um, sort of three rows behind them. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does make sense. Um, um, that'd be interesting. I mean, they'll be past the Mauritius, you'd like to think, within the first two laps or so. But there you go. Yeah, you'd like to think. Yeah, I wouldn't, yeah I'm, not, I'm not entirely confident. I mean, let's be honest, yeah. You stuck a Mercedes engine in that manner, McLaren uh, <laughs> might be having a harder time yeah. at, at Belgium. Um, I mean, let's, let's look at some positives. They finished a race. Both of them did. Button had a problem where the battery may have been disconnected or not connected properly. I hope mm. that's not the case because that's quite the rookie error. Um, but yeah, and the problem is though, and I, I was listening to, for example, I think Ted Kravitz uh, or Anthony Davidson were talking after the first practice session in Italy about McLaren. And you say the positive, they did finish a race, but let's be honest, there hasn't really, other than the odd lucky points finish let's say in Hungary and Monaco yeah they, the team did as well as they could do but there doesn't really seem to be a positive when you actually look at the pace of that car and the speed of that car 
You know, I can't. You can't see a positive. You can't see a, a, a case of well, it's actually the fastest car in these three corners on the track. There, there isn't that. There isn't. Okay, it's it, the acceleration's very good. Uh, the traction's very good. The downforce is very good. It really looks after his tyres. You could do this car in a one stop. There is no positives that I can think of, other than the fact they finished a race, which you'd expect. But there isn't. I mean, am I being McLaren is my team? And now I know try, try, try and take the the unbiased fry hat off, Alex. Am I being too harsh, playing or not? Um. Honda didn't. I think Honda came out and said, "Don't blame, just don't blame, don't blame just us for the poor performance of the McLaren." I know that was mentioned uh, last week, which was basically indicating it's not just the engine that's bad. Well, yeah, yeah, but and somewhat interestingly, I mean, someone said last year they had the Mercedes engine, which is the best engine. They probably didn't have the best, you know, Mercedes spec engine, but you look at them, they had the Mercedes engine. And yet that car still wasn't constantly fighting for podiums. Mm. Um, it was towards the end, almost good enough, but throughout the season it wasn't. And then, and then it does make you wonder, well, how good is that car really? Mm. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you have uh, an average car, let's say. So, an average car, that, I mean, I'm sure, given a Mercedes engine, that car could probably be fighting for, you know, the points. You know, top ten, maybe, mm. easily. But then you, you mm. take this average car and you take this average to bad engine... And there you go, put it put it together. Now, I'm sure this is also a result of them not being much testing as well. But there you um, go. Yeah, there's that as well. But then the, everyone's in the same boat. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's the same for everyone. But there you go. Um, I, I don't know. Um, Man, I finished 15 to 16. That's, 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 that's positive. They beat, they beat two people. Yes. <laughs> And but but my point, what I'm trying to get is that they used engine tokens for Spa, mm-hmm. and it made no difference whatsoever. And you've got to think that's very alarming. Yeah, I know. You roll out engine tokens to see absolutely nothing. No, no, no. I mean, even if there was a performance gain, it wasn't significant to the point where it, it didn't really up their pace in comparison with the teams. Uh, to make a difference. Yeah, you're right. And that is really, really alarming. I mean, I can only hope once we get to a track, for example, maybe like Singapore, which is you know quite a high downfall circuit, like Hungary and Monaco, that they can maybe pull off another points victory. But, uh, the, you know, the, the cynic in me said that's only going to happen if people go out the race or we have a funny race. Yeah. But there you go. I, I, I want a wet Singapore Grand Prix. We never had one. That'd be really interesting under the lights. But there you go. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty much your Belgian Grand Prix. Who, do you say, who is your driver of the race? Uh, I suppose you've got to say Grosjean, haven't you? Yeah, me too. Grosjean. I mean, because oh, Hamilton did his of, job. Rosberg yeah. got a bad start, couldn't really overtake, and that pit stop really helped him uh, get second in the race rather than his overtaking skill. Um, uh, you know, and I think Grosjean in that car, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Finishing third, fighting with Vettel for the podium until Vettel went out, yeah. Brilliant, mm. and, he, and he got a penalty in qualifying, didn't he, as well? He would have started a lot higher up, but he started ninth on the grid, and he still managed to get on a podium. Not bad at all. Mm. So there you go. Um, well, next up, then, is... Uh, should, we talk, should we quickly preview the Italian Grand Prix? Let's do it. So, surprise me so, with so, the facts. Surprise, surprise you with... I will absolutely, I'll absolutely do my best. Um, 
Okay, the Italian Grand Prix. Let's see. I've got, I've got my thing up. Hopefully my internet doesn't doesn't completely destroy itself. Um, it's for the 65th time in F1. Uh, it's classed as the Temple of Speed. And, Walker, and um, it's made up of high-speed straights and chicanes. It's the fastest circuit on the calendar with cars touching the speed. It's got over 360 kilometres per hour. I don't know what that equates to in miles, other than very fast. Uh, no. The official name of the track is the Autodromo Nacional Monza, I think. Um, the race start time is 1pm UK time, 53 laps, 5.793 kilometres in length. Tyre allocation, we've got medium white and soft yellow. It's got two DRS points, pit straight uh, between the, uh, on the pit straight and between Lesmo 2 and the Varianti Ascari. That really, really quick final chicane. Lap record, Alex, have a guess. What, guess the time? No, who, who, who? Oh, and what um... year? It's going to be 2004. Yes. Now, what car and what driver? I want it. I want it. Was Montoya around in 2004? Yes, he was, but it's not him. It's not him. Go and buy your reaction. No. Um, 2004. I don't think it was Ferrari. It was. Oh, was it? It was, but now, but. Yeah, so, 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 so you've, you've got one out of three. To get your two out of three, who was the driver? Um, Barrichello. Yes! Two out of three, well done. Yeah, you, uh, you got a 121.046 in 2004. Uh, um, pole lap last year was a 124.1. Uh, so nowhere near, so nowhere, despite qualifying, nowhere near the time, nowhere near the lap record time. Hmm. I mean, uh, that, that, I mean, you look at the difference in the lap record in 2014 pole. That is uh, basically a McLaren car difference, really, from Mercedes to McLaren. Uh. So yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I normally use the BBC for the facts. They didn't have any other than that, so I had to use Sky's somewhat limited facts. Um, oh but, no, sorry but, about that, folks. Yeah, yeah. I do apologise. That's, that's mm. my failing. I couldn't, I couldn't get it up, as in find it. Not obviously wow. get it up, but moving on. Um, yeah. But there you go. But, but, but there you go. I mean, this was. I mean, I do remember. What was it in 1996? Michael Schumacher winning uh, for the first time in in a Ferrari. Uh, no, for, no, it wasn't the first time that year in a Ferrari. But he won in '96 the uh, Monza mm. race, didn't he? Yeah. Damon Hill hit the tire barriers and failed. Jack Horner have had a bad race and he won. What's your? Can you remember your most favourite? Uh, not favourite moment, but your most memorable moment for Monza. Yes, ever, it, was. Any... It, it was. It was in 1997. When John Alacy and David Coulthard came in and McLaren did a faster pit stop than the Benetton team and David Coulthard passed John Alacy in the pits, somewhat boring, but then went on to win the race. Now, another, the, the most negative memorable point is mm. in 1998. Yeah. McLaren won two. David Coulthard takes the lead, looking like a two-stop. He's actually looking like he could potentially win this race. What happens? David Coulthard's engine blows up. Mika Hakkinen then slows down, has a bit of an issue getting past all the smoke, and then ba- and then Michael Schumacher gets past. And that all happens pretty much in the space of a lap. Destroyed me. Alex, what's your favourite memory? Mine was seeing someone disappear behind a bush and cry his eyes out. <laughs> so we're, we're talking the same driver in the same team. Mika Hakkinen in the McLaren. Makes a mistake. It wasn't. I don't think it was a problem with the car. It was a mistake at the first chicane, wasn't it? First or second chicane? I forgot. Um, but I know he cried. Heinz Alfredson won. Don't and forget the throwing of the gloves onto the ground. 
Oh yeah, in, in, in anger, in anger. Yeah. Did that make you smile? Yeah. And God bless the helicopter that found him behind the bush. Yeah, God. <laughs> you're a, you're an evil man. You know that. I am towards McLaren. But who, who, won um, the, who won the championship that year, by the way? What year was it? Ninety nine. Don't know. Right. Uh, it's you, you. You know what? I think you need. You really. I'm getting concerned about you and your and your um, forgetfulness, Alex. Uh, you know all, all these blank spots you have. Obviously, obviously in your memory, we, we, I will come with you hand in hand to mm-hmm. see the doctor. There's got to be a condition because I'm generally not forgetful about anything. But it, when it comes around Formula One and that sort of era, I seem to forget things. Well, it was for, for anyone that doesn't know, it was Mika Hakkinen. So there you go, Alex. Um, well, there you go. So no. uh, I'll write that down. <laughs> the, the Italian Grand Prix. Do you, would you say, obviously, obviously, we've never actually raced it in real life. Do you enjoy racing this circuit? And like, obviously, the F1 games, project cars, etc. Yeah, yeah, I do. You do. I, do. I, I know it's not the most advanced and the most um, difficult circuit to race on, but when you think you've got to get the braking points just right, yeah. And if you brake too early, then you're just going to have to then sort of accelerate or just back up a bit, just to you know that kind of thing. Or you brake too late, you're going to go off. We've already seen it in practice this morning. Um, I don't know if you're watching it, James. I was. Um, a number of drivers went straight on at the first corner. They did, didn't they? Because they got their braking point wrong. Um, you know, and so when you think about it, it's actually quite, because it's quite a quick lap, it is, it's, it, you've really got to be on it and right on the limit. I know you've got to be on the limit all the time, but you've got to get the braking points exactly right. And there's no real way of making it up because you're either going flat out or you're braking. Yeah. There's no real medium apart from Lesmo 1 and Lesmo 2, there's no real sort of medium time where you can make it up in in a corner, if that makes sense. Yeah, you're right. I think you know, Lesmo 1, Lesmo 2, and possibly the last chicane. Yeah. And the Parabolica. But yeah, but there are very little times, I think, in the Parabolica. Um, I always find that the hardest corner on the track, because I never know. I'm never... Because I think the way the PlayStation 4 controller is, or whatever, I think that's the, that's the one corner where anyone with a steering wheel is going to have an advantage, I feel, and pedals. Yeah. I, I can never seem to get that right on a controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It always seems to be uncomfortable. Yeah, you, I, th- I think you're right. It is one of those circuits where it is it is hard to make up time, and it is very much a uh, car circuit. If you've got a good engine and a fast car in a straight line, as long as it's solid on the braking, you're going to be fast around there. Yeah. So yeah, what would you give it out of out of ten? If... I'd, I'd probably give it. Um, I'd probably give it an eight. I really enjoy. I really enjoy driving it, and the fact that it is now. And now Hockenheim's obviously not, you know, and this old guy is not around. It's a very unique circuit. That's what I used to love about both Hockenheim and Monza. There are two circuits where, for, the, for, for those two times a year, the teams would take their ridiculously low downforce levels. And it was a time where a car that wasn't necessarily good aerodynamically, but was very like Force India, you know, a car with, with a slightly different aerodynamic setup or whatever, yeah. you would end up being quite fast, for example, potentially around those two tracks. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I enjoy I enjoy drive I enjoy driving it. Um, uh, I'm not as good as you, uh, you know. I'll, I'll wave I'll wave the flag there and, and hand the hand the bat on. But it is it is an inter- it is an interesting track, and I do the the only the only the only chicane I don't like is the second chicane uh, after the Curva Grande. I'm never, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm never happy about that chicane. No, it is incredibly sl- it is very slow when 
it's one of those I don't know just yeah you've it's all about the how you ride the curbs on that one isn't it it is I either break too early and think oh no or, or I break too late or or I end up putting the power on a bit too early halfway through and end up being a bit skittish into the leds mode I can never I very rarely nail that chicane the others like it's a bit easier to do but that, yeah. that one I'm never I'm never quite happy with but there you go so Predictions: Who's who's going to win? Who's going to finish second? Who's going to finish third? Um, do we remind ourselves briefly about where we're at at the moment? Yes, if you want, if you want to. So, um, although we didn't get around to doing our podcast because James decided to go on holiday, I did. Sorry, with, with the family, um, leaving me behind. Um, we ended up with two hundred and fifteen for you and one hundred and seventy-two for me. Okay, so. Um, I'm I'm gaining a bit. You are now. Anyway, so um, what have we got? Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, I will go first, and let's say I predict it's going to be Lewis Hamilton taking the victory, Nico Rosberg second, and in third place. It's, it's a pretty safe podium for me, really. I want to say Sebastian Vettel. Oh, no, you know what? I'll say Felipe Massa. I'll go out there. I'll go out there. Okay. Right. That's a bit strange. Um, right. I'll go with, then, Lewis um, Rosberg. And for third, I'm going to go with... Let's think. Second best engine to be Ferrari. We're going to go with Vettel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Fastest lap. I'm going to say Lewis. Uh, yeah, I think given the uh, practice session this morning, I think I'll probably go with Lewis as well. I, don't, I think I'm just going to have to match you on that one <laughs> and just hope that Vettel pulls it off just to gain a, a bit of additional points this weekend. Yeah. I mean, seemingly, um, Mercedes have spent all their tokens for this race, haven't they? Uh, no, not they've spent all of them. They've used another couple, haven't they? I, I, I heard they used all of their tokens for, the, for, oh. the, for this year. I've heard oh. on a report. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. They were. What was it that um, uh, Wolf said? He said. Um, I could be wrong. He said that they've they've put things on the, in the engine which they hope to be using in 2016 or something, and they're basically just testing it out. When, when asked, well, if they don't work, you can't exactly take them off. And he was like, yeah, I know. Oh, dear. Um, but obviously in practice, it doesn't seem to matter, does it? Going yes. by how much they're ahead still. No, absolutely. So, that, yeah, I, d- I don't I expect an exciting race, if I'm being honest with you. Um, well, it, it's meant potentially raining for qualifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, I don't know. I, I haven't heard of great weather for the race. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, by the time some of you listen to this, you, you know we may well have known. I would love, and it never happened, Alex. I would love one of those wet qualifying sessions where we have a man of Mauritius fifth, a, a Sauber front row, um, and, and McLaren, you know, in the top, you know, you know, fifth and sixth maybe, or, mm-hmm. or seventh and eighth, and basically Mercedes like seventeenth. Uh, and like 19th and Ferrari maybe like 14th or 15th or something yeah. like that that's never going to happen but you know what uh, if the grid was like that that would be a dream almost 
for me. Mm. I don't know about for you. I mean, in terms of getting a good race. The, pro- the problem with it is, is because this circuit is a lot down to power, they'll just get, especially McLaren, they'll just get gobbled up so quickly. Yeah, yeah, you, you, I, yeah. Potentially, by for example, you know, by, by the lap twenty, uh, you would probably have Ferrari, Mercedes in the lead. But yeah, but I, I do. It would be nice for a racing point of view because those Mercedes are so dominant for the wet weather to enable maybe Ferrari and Red Bull to be ahead of Mercedes. Uh, you yeah. know, um, at the race, uh, you know, at the race, uh, and at least then, even for five or six laps, you might get a bit of a race. But as you said. Nine tenths of a second faster than the Vettel in the first practice session. Uh, not really setting the world alight for, for an, an amazing race. No. Do you want to make any predictions for your uh, beloved McLaren? I think both cars will finish, but they will only beat the Manor Rushes. That's my prediction. Yeah. That's probably pretty much, I think I'd, I'd probably go along those lines. Cool. I might, I don't know, I might, I might... Part of me says one won't finish just because of the demand that's put on the the engine because of the high speeds. Oh, okay. Maybe. Well, I mean, McLaren Honda were the slow uh, were seventeenth and eighteenth uh, at the uh, in the session. So they were. Yeah. Julian Palm was fifteenth, and Pastor Maldonado was tenth. That's interesting. Mm. Uh, Been a bit slower than Maldonado. Mr. Palmer, but there you go. Um, I'd love it. I'd love Jolien Palmer actually on a separate note to get a drive for Lotus next year for Renault rather than Maldonado. Bear in mind that's not going to happen realistically. Mm, well, I don't say never say never. If Renault come into it with enough to basically buy out Maldonado, then you'll see we'll see him go. But I have a funny feeling they're just going to honour uh, another year with him. Unfortunately, I, I, that funny feeling, I think, is right, Alex. Um, because so, Renault, because Renault as a brand, car manufacturer, are not going to want that kind of name No, in their team. I think you're absolutely, they're not going to want to employ what a lot of people think is a crap driver. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that's my opinion. It is. No. Maybe a bit. But I'm not saying, yeah, but yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing it's, he's a guy that's won the Williams in 2012 yeah yeah. I think that was his only big points of that year though uh, and uh, he's, yeah you're right he's too unpredictable for me yeah so yeah he's like a worse version of Sato who can pull off a podium now and again but will end up doing something silly as well but worse oh Sato yeah Takuma Sato wow so. yeah or he's a He's he's very much an Alex Young. No, no, don't say that. Alex Young couldn't. He, yeah, but Maldonado's got points. When he's on it, he there there is a potential there for not being too bad. Mm. But the but I don't, yeah, well there you go. Um, so moving on to the news. Other than the fact, Alex, that Bernie Eccleston doesn't like Monza and he doesn't want it to be on the calendar, seemingly, which is a travesty. Yeah. I mean, if we lost Monza, that would for me that would be really really that would be that's just a, that's worse than losing France that or you know that's like losing a Silverstone or a Monaco or or even a Belgium which we had done one year it would be yeah. ridiculous for me it would be absolutely ridiculous and it would be a travesty for, for, the, for the sport that's a bit like for me that's like having the World Cup in England yeah yeah and not having any of the finals at Wembley Stadium 
for some, you know, you know what I mean. That's how that's how important I think Monza is to Formula One. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine anyone who turn around and say it's awful. Um, you know, get rid of it or anything like that. No. Absolutely, and it's not a case of like when we sometimes go to Brazil, where the circuit is kind of like two star service. You know yeah. what you hear about. Um, no, it, it looks absolutely beautiful each year. I know, I, you know, I know they haven't too much changed the pit complex, pit complex too much, but we've got that lovely podium which is over the track. Uh, Ferrari, you, you know, Italy's the home of of Ferrari. Uh, I think you, you take that out. It's a massive, massive mistake, and. And it's once again a nail in the coffin of Formula One. I think, I think, as we know it, and with audiences going down, and these are, I mean, European audiences like United Kingdom, Germany, Italy. You know, you know, and then you've probably got Australia and Canada. But you're, you're, you're going to, you are going to lose your core audience. There's no race in your own country. Potentially, not too many home drivers uh, will end up going. Maybe, but. The audience will only go down with decisions like this. Sorry, I've, I've finished my rant now. Yeah. Wow. That was a bit of a rant. It was. Uh, sorry about that, folks. Right, so, um, on to news. Um, I'll go through them, pick up if you uh, want to comment on anything. Um, Hulkenberg has signed, re-signed for Force India for another two years. Uh, I'm not really surprised at that, and I'm disappointed at the same time. But there you go. Uh, not disappointed, but surprised. Um, you're not. You're disappointed because you thought he could probably go to a better team. Yeah, I thought maybe a chance at Ferrari. I'm glad they signed Kimi Räikkönen and given him another chance. Um, and the fact is, two years that kind of pushes him out of any interesting decisions for the, towards the end of next year, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, having said that, let's be honest: a two-year contract. If someone doesn't want it to be a two-year contract, isn't a two-year contract in Formula One. We've seen that a lot. Um, but a team is going to have to really want Hulkenberg because I thought one-year contract for India at the very minimum. Bottas goes to Ferrari for 2017, and Hulkenberg I could see going to Williams, for example, which is a bit better than Force India. Can't yeah, it? yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what have we got next? Are you going to mention Hamilton's blonde hair? Um, he's kept it under his hat for a while, hasn't he? Yes, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe that's for the best. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. It isn't a fashion podcast yet. No. Um, here's one. So the title reads, Raikkonen hates Dennis with a passion, says Whitmarsh. Uh, if we go through to quote... Wow. Although Kimmy hates Ron Dennis with a passion, I always got on okay with him, he told the British magazine Motorsport. We were in no go- negotiations with his management in 2009, but they were being a bit commercially ambitious, and then Jensen Button became available and it all fell into place, so that was that. He goes on to say, um, Whitmarsh thinks Raikkonen never, never realised his full potential. Quoted, Kimmy is deeply frustrating in that he's as smart as he is and has all that pace, but he just pisses you off that he compromises it. He hasn't realised his potential. Mm. Uh, what else we got that came out? Um, by the way, folks, if you go on to the Hot Lap Show on Twitter, you can see loads of my pictures that I took from testing over the years. Oh, I just thought, they're fantastic. I mean, I we're, 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 uh, we're talking... We're talking, was it Darren Heath or whatever, the photographer? 
We're talking uh, F1, F1 racing type pictures. Oh, bless you, bless you. Um, just go through it loads because I've, yeah. I just thought it's always nice to see some old Formula One cars and remember the days of what F1 also used to look like. Real Formula One cars. Real Formula One cars. Uh, not not so ones that sound like your Hyundai Matrix uh, on the on the M3 as you come on the slip road. Yeah, when you put mm. your foot down, that's pretty much what. We, <laughs> that's what that's what most Formula One cars sound like today. Sorry, another rant. Carry on, Alex. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, uh, I quite like this one that I put on Twitter. So Lotus decided to put a tweet and said. Um, second homecoming, Pasta previews the Italian GP where so much of his racecraft was learnt. Wow, is it irony? Uh, uh, racecraft, really? Um, so that's quite good. Um, there, there, there must be uh, some kind of like destruction derby soundtrack in the middle of the monster track somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, of that, do you know what? Um, close cockpits, we've talked about that one. Um, oh, and just quickly, so Matt, yeah, Maldonado was at fault for his retirement in Spa because he basically hit the curb far too hard. Yes, oh, okay, another uh, and that's <laughs> destroyed <laughs> that destroyed car. It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, um. So that's pretty much it, really, for big news. There's no sort of confirmed drives or anything like that at the moment. Um, that's it, really. Huh. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, we've got, obviously, Williams as well. I think I think Massa and Bottas and, obviously, Hulkenberg. And that, yeah, that's it. Uh, so so there you go. That's pretty much your news. Uh, uh, as, we're rec- as we're recording, I think we're 10 minutes away from the second practice session, which, mm. uh, once this podcast goes up, we'll all know the results of. So... Um, before we go, games. Well, really, Project Cars and, and F1. Project Cars, big big patch 3.0. It was a big one, wasn't it? Two, it 2.8 megs, was it? 2.8 gigs? It was too big for my internet because it took about seven hours to download. It mm. took you minutes, but there you go. Um, yeah, it was a massive It was a massive one, wasn't it? Uh, and uh, it seemed to fix most of, most of the issues. I still felt that in the wet, uh, the AI are now a bit faster than they once were when it was kind of correct. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, the tie wear, you got this, the tie wear symbol. But having said that, we were, did a race at Silverstone, I think it was what, plus five or six tie wear maybe. And uh, the yeah. soft tyres were, were lasting about three, four laps. Your intermediates lasted, let's be honest, realistically, at maximum, at maximum grip in what was quite clearly wet conditions. Yeah, lasted probably one one and a third laps. Yes, in terms of in terms of actual they proper grip, completely grip. got destroyed. Yeah, which is a bit of a concern. I think I think we need to experiment more there because that's a bit of a concern if that's the case. Um, yeah, and Spodger Card, they seem to be. We've never really had too many races in in the wet where you and I have gone. That was really really good. The wet made it such a a, a crazy interesting race where. Yeah. Visually, it looks awesome, the rain, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when you compare it with F1 2015, we've had two or three, we have had a couple of races in the wet where it's been really exciting. For example, where you um, you went to the back in Austria and I made a bad strategy call and you end up winning the race from the, from, from the back. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, you know, you know, and uh, and that's what it should be. And that's what it should be like, you know, and, and the tyres lasted. And it's one of the few times where the F1 game is better than Project Cars. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. So they've improved the rain model and also the look of it as well. Um, that's not too bad. The tire performance has improved a bit. Um, and like you say, you can now see rather than colors, you can actually now, um, see the color disappear to basically nothing as you get less and less grit, which I prefer. Yeah. Because, because the, the other idea was, Oh yeah, you feel, you feel the grip, you feel it. But sometimes I don't be funny. You, I, you question is my mind playing tricks on me. And I do think that when I didn't have the grip, when I didn't have it, because uh, you know, in front of my face, how much time yeah. that grip has got? Is it is it just that I'm doing a crap couple of laps? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what else has changed? Um, the penalties still seem to be sort of verging on the whole. Uh, that's getting a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Well, you can you can pretty much go wide at cops, look in the eyeballs of the crowd, have a conversation with them, and then yeah. go back on the track. Yeah, but then you kind of not really, but sort of cut a chicane. Did you? You know, you know, and you suddenly get a five second, you know, slow down penalty, or even ten in some yeah. cases. Yeah, or getting literally probably no more than two wheels onto a bit of grass and automatically getting five, five second penalty. When, like you say, you can just run completely wide at cops, four wheels completely off, plus another bus, yeah. and <laughs> and you still get nothing. Yes. In fact, if you bear, if you if you get it. If you get it right, it's um, you can. It's a lot quicker to actually run wide and just keep it almost buried. Yeah, yeah. The only time going over cops is going to be slower when you've gone wide is if your car, I think, is if your car is actually running com- completely over the curbs, as in you've got the middle of the car over the curbs. I think that's the only time that's going to be a negative. Mm. Yeah. If you, but yes, yeah, so you need to go wide, completely wide over the curb. You're right. Uh, so planting the throttle is going to be faster. Yeah. Um, I mean, to, to the point where if someone's taking cops properly and you're like a, a half second behind them, you might, by the time you come back on the track, there's every chance you'll be ahead of them. Yeah. So, um, I can't think. I mean, obviously, for a 2.8 gig patch, that's quite a lot. Um, but I'm now thinking anything really from that patch, not really. We've now had a new DLC update. Yeah, I, I, oh, yeah, I managed to, I found where it is now. I couldn't find it. It wasn't in the on demand store. No. I pressed the button. No, no, no. Um, where it was, and for some reason it wouldn't download, so I had to restart my PS4. It was basically um, in on the PS4. You know, in the new section when you when you select project cards, you press down on yeah. your yeah, and you could see like all the new all the news. I found it there as an under new DLC, but it wasn't in the on demand section, which is really really strange. Um, okay. Maybe I'm going crazy, but yeah. So so I'm gonna I will be downloading that by the next time we play. Uh, okay. And and I've obviously raced the BMW. I really enjoy that BMW. It's a bit understeery, yeah. but it's it's fun. Yeah, I haven't tried any of the other cars because the others are American muscle cars, Mustang, um, which is a road car. And I'll be honest, and I think we can both agree, yeah, we've not played project cars with any form of road cars. It, they're they're no for me. They're no fun to drive. It, it's yeah, it feels like driving a shopping trolley, a shopping trolley around your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just can't, you know, you're so used to planting it, going so much faster, breaking so much later. It's it's like a massive handicap when you're driving one of them in not a fun way. Yeah, no. Um, l- l- lack of grip, um, 
the cars aren't planted uh, you know it, it just feels like you're taking your mother's your grandmum's nissan micro out for a drive that kind of thing yeah, on a track day <laughs> on a track day uh uh so the bmw at the moment um is there unfortunately it doesn't have any competitive um rivals to it but from looking at the list ford focus st touring car is due out and the Renault Laguna touring car is due out I mean that could be interesting um, yeah I the would, only problem is with those is that they're from different eras yeah, that is the problem yeah I would uh, you and I spoke the last time I would really really love it if they basically released about 10 or so cars from the 98 season in Toka you, you know so I would much rather have that bear in mind the licensing might be a bit difficult um, to get maybe the sponsors but if you actually had the car yeah, I mean that'd be something, wouldn't it? Um, and at yeah. least then you'd have a cars that are relatively close. You know, if you remember the Renault, Ford, the uh, Nissan. You obviously, you know, the Ford Bonde, the, the Nissan. You had obviously the Volvo. Um, you know, they'll call it the Peugeot. I mean, not you know, all those cars in the same era. You could pick one and have a half decent chance at, unless it was the Peugeot, which I remember weren't very good. But yeah, um, yeah of, of of getting a result, and we don't really have that, unfortunately. As you said, the BMW is on its own. So I would love the old Super Tourers coming back yeah yeah um so that that was a smallish what was it two pound 49 two pound 69 or something yeah and that's um, how much dlc should be i mean that's not bad it's almost like a micro transaction for yeah. if you like your, it i mean forget the muscle cars if you're a fan of bmw cars because they got the one of the older bmw cars as well two pound 49 is worth it just for the two bmw cars for example exactly. you know or if you like the muscle cars it's worth it just for that it's very very sensible uh, I'm not saying, you know, it's not dirt cheap, but it's very, very sensible the way they've done, gone about it. I think it's fantastic. Mm. The only disappointment is there's no official livery for the touring car. No, no. And this is the one negative about the game. Where I think, um, like they've done with the PC, they allow you to do the liveries, upload them, or have a livery store where people have uploaded their liveries and you can load them. For yeah. example, and that would stop the licensing. Like I keep saying, they've done in Forza. You could end up having, for example, if you wanted to, a Vodafone, uh, a Vodafone McLaren Mercedes S DTM car, or you could have the official BMW touring car. And if you wanted, you could have the BMW touring car in almost like the Marlboro Ferrari livery if you wanted to. Someone would probably make that, you know? Yeah. Um, exactly, and I th- and I think you 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 allow you allow the fans a bit of freedom. Hopefully, that happens in Project Cars too. But yeah. Um, and it is a shame that uh, the liveries, they choose it for us and we can't choose it from like a massive list of people have done. No. No. Um, and the next bit, I remember, is DLC for this month is going to be a track pack. We're not too sure what yet, though, are we? We're not, but I think we might be looking at Hockenheim Classic. I think we could be looking at a couple of classic circuits. I can almost see us spending pretty much most of an evening on the Hockenheim Classic. Trying different yes. Cars. I mean, I yeah. think it'll be anything from Formula C to B, probably not Formula A, to like the GTs, the touring cars. I think it'll be really interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's a... I don't know when that will be released, but they've... They've sent some sort of preview out or something. They've sent some images out which seem to indicate that it could be a also a made up circuit. Like um we don't use them but like the California Highway but one based in Scotland or something. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't like the never ending rally type circuits. They're not really no. for me. No. Um and that's pretty much it for project cars. I mean, F1 hasn't received many major updates from since we last spoke, I don't think. 
No, it's got an F. It's got a PC patch. Oh, but you did find that bizarre, bizarre bug slash incident that happened more than one occasion down at Monza. Yes, you're right. Um, just before Parabolica, uh, in the lead, um, whoever was behind me would have um, uh, DRS open and would be gaining on me. And as they went down, I started to move across ever so slightly um, to the driving line and they would come up behind me and also take that driving line. And rather than backing off or moving to the grass, they were fixated on that driving line to the point of I was spun around. They clipped my rear and spun me around, sent me into the barriers, um, went back to the pits, and 10 laps later, same scenario happened exactly the same place, spun again, spun. It's, it's identical, identical um and so the the ai there's obviously some sort of bug um that needs to be worked on with regards to the ai there because um it just happened twice where i was just tipped around they they don't back off basically no, no, no. And or they don't move to the grass to avoid an accident no I, it, almost like project cars i've noticed in, in the f1 game they they are more aggressive which is what you want they fight for positions more they don't give up corners too easily which i like but then on the other on the other front they're almost too aggressive. Like, for example, they'll go off the grass and have no, and they'll come back on, have no disregard where you and smack right into you. Yeah. As an example, you you know? Yeah. Um, and, and in a real left one, uh, other than having a big accident, if anyone got away with it, you'd get a penalty for that. Yeah. Um, so. I, I also noticed in a recent race, um, trying to think where it was. Uh, I'm, I can't remember the circuit, but basically, I think it was Spa... Basically, um, Rosberg got ahead of me on the first lap and pulled away um, to the point of just pulling away about a second a lap. Um, we then both pitted on the same lap um, and I was then a second quicker than him. Um, I was driving a Lotus, by the way. I was then a second quicker than him. Yeah, I, I've noticed that. Um, um, and, and was able to win the race, in which case you've got to think to yourself, well, that's a bit random. Yeah, I, I had that with Lewis Hamilton. I was in the McLaren, of all things, in second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was about three, at Malaysia, three, four seconds faster than me. Uh, but not a lap, but, but if ahead once we came in. We did the pit stops. It was like it's about a 10 lap race, 10, 11 lap race. Came out, and within two laps, I was on, I was on his tailpipe, passed him. And then uh, I couldn't pull away, though, but I caught up with him within two laps. Just, you know what I mean? Like one and a half seconds a lap quicker, suddenly, which I thought was bizarre. But then uh, Tyrell obviously kicked in because a lap later he was kind of all over me. So, mm. yeah. Well, that that will, uh, I think people are kicking off a bit about why they're not further updates, not for patches, but performance updates to update livery updates uh, as well. I mean, Force India's new wings not there. Yeah, and just general sort of tweaks in regards to you know those kind of things, really. Yeah, you're absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Um, Bit of a concern, really, um, isn't so, it? They know, promised it. Yeah. And Codemasters yeah. have once again failed, 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 failed to deliver. Yeah. But they're still advertising the game on the television. Well, yeah, yeah, they are. They are, I think, especially like during the Sky uh, F1 broadcast and such. But, yeah, they, they, they do that. And I know the advert doesn't say constant updates. It just says F1 2015. But that was one of the gimmicks they had. And, unfortunately, it's not the case. Um, they, they have a lot to do 
for the 2016-2016 game. I can only hope that it, for example, comes out in April, May at the beginning of the season. Wouldn't it be nice if it came out the same, the same, um, if it came out the same weekend as the Australian Grand Prix? I know it wouldn't, but that's what I would be pushing towards because they've got the ego engine. They got you and I have said the main, predominantly, you know, on ninety percent, the main part of the actual racing bit is very, very good and very, very solid. I mean, when you you and I have raced online, it's fantastic. Yeah. The the problem is, I think you put it best when we're playing. Is there doesn't seem to be any polish to the game. It's like a bare bones. It's almost like here's the game. We haven't done anything to it, but here's the racing part, and we're planning on doing the rest later. That's what it almost feels like. You know, like a half a game. Yeah, because exactly. Of that. And the polish, I'm pretty sure, is a lot e- easier to add than the main part of the game. Yeah. You know, they, they got they got the skeleton of the of the, of the game there. So yeah. all you need to do now is add career and add a few modes, which can't be that difficult. Codemasters, come on. No, no, I completely agree. I think um, they also need to get rid of that pastel kind of colour. Oh, it almost looks cartoony, doesn't it? Yeah, they could do with getting rid of that. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, you look, you compare that with Project Cards, and I know we do that on a constant basis. Project Cards, it looks beautiful, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it, you know, as, as beautiful, just the same way when you look at some of the cards in Gran Turismo 6. Uh, they, they do look fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, so, so there we go. But there you go. I think that's, that's, I think, I think that's, pretty much, that's pretty much it. That wraps us up, I think, for today. It does, it does. Um, so, after Monza... We'll, I, I can only hope we'll be talking about a really exciting race where Man and Mauricio got a podium. Um, I doubt it, but there you go. No. End, end of the European season. Yes, of course. And then This weekend. Where is the next one in two weeks' time? Um, oh, is it going to be... I don't know. I generally don't know what the next race is after this one. Uh, Mexico, USA... Um, Japan, uh, Brazil. Oh, it's yeah. The next one is Singapore, apparently. Oh, Singapore, of course. Yeah, yeah here we go. It is Singapore, Japan, Russia, US, Mexico, Brazil, Abu Dhabi. I don't like the fact that Abu Dhabi is the last race. I always prefer when it's either Japan or Brazil. It seems the, to be correct then, for me. Just remember, there was something, although I can't confirm, that there was talk that Malaysia was also going to be possibly moved to the end of season. Yes, I've heard that too. That'd be interesting mm. for next year. Um, mm. What would you, before we go, talk the, the last thing we'll mention, perfect, la- perfect last race, last track, what would you have as, you know, Australia's always the first track, what would you have to bookend the F1 season as the last track on a constant basis? What would you like? Um, or of the circuits that are currently there, it would have yeah. to be Japan. Yeah, for me, yeah, we've had Brazil, but Japan, I mean, that's where ha- that's where Hakkinen won his World Championships. Bernie's, Bernie's not happy with that decision. Yeah, he's, not, he's not happy with that decision. He's calling you again. He is calling me again. Um, yeah, Japan's not happy with that decision. Uh, no, not Japan. Um, uh, sorry, I digress now. Mika Hakkinen won his championship there. Michael Schumacher won his championship there. I mean, I know it was the penultimate race, but we had that, you know, Senna and Prost. It's had those fantastic moments, hasn't it? Damon Hill's yeah. won it. Yeah, so I completely agree. Get yeah. Japan. I, 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 so many times I remember getting up, being really, really sleepy, or staying up, watching watching Schumacher win his championship, watching Hakkinen win his championship, and having fond memories of that. There oh, you go. Those are the best times. They are. Anyway, there we go. That's it. I will speak to you next time I see you, Alex. Yes, enjoy the race. 
Um, enjoy the race, everyone. The Hot Lap Show is where it's at on Twitter um, for pictures and news. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a pleasure to speak with you all. has food poisoning and goes beyond the call of duty.